Midwives dissecting life and talking shit. This is Head on View. Issued by the Society of Radical Midwives. Hi and welcome to Head on View. I'm Carly. I'm Laura. So we have got a little bit of a different guest for you today. So we're talking to Maple who is a sex worker and we are just going to find everything about it. All the questions that you've always wanted to ask. So welcome Maple. And I guess we're just start at the beginning. How did you get into your job? Oh, wow. So I got into my job, sex work as like a whole, when I was 18. So I was very young and I was still living in the United States at the time. And I actually started with, well, I started in porn, actually. I was just looking for jobs or something and I was scrolling through job listings And I must have been on Craigslist or something like that, like they always are. It was like a link to a jobs website and, you know, looking for background dancers for strip club advertisement or stuff like that. And I saw one that was just like amateur porn star, just looking for a one-time gig. I didn't have any experience needed. And it was like $700 for like the one time and I was like okay you know go in for an hour do this it was all anonymous so it wasn't like just body nothing no face yeah. nothing like that and so I was like okay you know I'll give it a shot and I showed up to the area and it was all like above board they all had like licenses and everything and that was like okay cool I'm not just showing up to someone's backyard and being expected to perform <laughs> And I was like, all right, you know, we'll give this a shot. And I did that one or two other times and really enjoyed it with the same same group of people. Did they give you a lot of direction or were they just like, go for it? Or was it really like sort of choreographed? It was a little bit of both. The first time it was very choreographed. They were like, it's your, it's your first time. We're going to tell you exactly what you need to do. And they would constantly be like, this is what the scene's going to look like. Are you okay with that? So they were they were very respectful about it. So yeah, they really were like, okay, pose this way a little bit more. Try and moan in these sorts of situations. And it was really embarrassing at first, but then you would have like the videographer or the person who was recording you, who was a woman. She was like, okay, try and replicate this sound. And then she would make it for me. And I would be like, that sounds so stupid. And then she was like, like, let me try and sound like that. (laughs) So she worked with me for a while to to get me more comfortable. And it it obviously worked because I I came back and I recorded with them multiple times. But the the later times, they were just like, just go with the flow, you know, do what's fun. We'll just kind of be here. If we need to cut, we can. And then we'll just kind of let it more play out. So I've done I've done both basically. Yeah. Did you find it difficult for your age, like eighteen? Trying to think back to what I was like when I was eighteen. She had me thinking for a long time. That was a long time ago for me, by the way. <laughs> but I think at eighteen you're more confident. I feel like eighteen I was definitely a lot more body confident. Well, I think I'm more body confident now. I'm forty four. 
I love how you found it on Craigslist. I feel it's a really American thing, Craigslist. No one really uses Craigslist over here. But whenever I watch American shows, they're always like, anything, anything is on Craigslist. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like the gum tree here, but it's way, way more used. Facebook Marketplace is really the thing here. So then how did you find yourself in Australia? I moved to Australia to be with my significant other. I've been with him since I was 14. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. So how did you meet How did you meet him? Is he American as well? No, no. he's Australian. Oh, okay, yeah. Born and raised Australian boy. I met him on an art website called DeviantArt, which was really popular when I was in high school. And it was basically like a Tumblr light in a way, if, you know, you guys are familiar with yeah. Tumblr. Now it's absolutely filled with just like furries and pedophiles. I mean, then it was also filled with pedophiles, but it had actual people on there. So that's how I met him. He does a lot of sculpting and prop work. And that's where his passions lie. He would post like photos of it and I would do a lot of special effects makeup. And he either discovered me or I discovered him. And then we did a commission swap. So he made something for me and I did a look for him and just posted photos of it online. We just started talking afterwards and I basically decided that I liked him a lot. So I kind of started dropping hints and he wasn't getting them. And so he's a boy. Because he's a a boy. (laughs) And he thought, you know, that she's just being nice. And how many years have you been together? Eight and a half years now amazing and how does he like I know that we started off with like how you got into the sex industry but he was obviously always very supportive and you know go do it and obviously we're supportive of our partners chosen endeavors usually how did he feel when you started doing like especially getting into porn first and then obviously Mm. you've moved into different areas which I'm sure you'll tell us about but yeah how did he feel about that he's like oh yeah that's cool and I was like well, you're not really having that much of a reaction to it. And he's like, oh, well, sex work in all forms is legal here in Australia. So it's just, it's just a job to me. It's not that big of a deal. Did you find that, Maple, when you moved here, that even though your husband's very, you know, accepting and assuming friends and family are as well, you can talk about that if you like, but... Do you find most Australians react a certain way if you tell them or? I feel like Australians react way better than Americans do. So, you know, I'll be having a good conversation with someone. We'll get to know each other really quickly. And then they'll be like, oh, what do you do? I'll be like, oh, you know, I'm a sex worker. And a lot of times they're like, oh, yeah. And you can see their brain just turning and being like, what is the proper response to this? How long did you do work for before you decided you wanted to work, I guess, more autonomously? Like Mm. if you worked in a brothel or like independently? Yeah. So when I was 18, I did porn and I did that for about six months. It was one every once in a while. Just because I was still living at home, I didn't really need that much money. So I just did it whenever I wanted to do something fun like I wanted to go on a trip or something like that and then when I got a little bit older I had that friend that was sugar babying and I was like oh you know tell me about that and she told me about that and I was like okay well maybe I'll give that a try and so while I was still in the states I did sugar babying for a little while 
And then I basically decided that for what these guys were asking, they basically just wanted escorting, which is illegal in the States. And I just wasn't comfortable with that. It wasn't what it was advertised as, you know. So I stepped away from that for a while, did normal civil work, and then I moved here. And then when I moved here, I was like, oh, sex work is legal. I'm going to go work in a brothel. <laughs> so and I think because I have so few ties here, unless they were established by, by me, I don't have any family here other than my partner's family. I don't really feel the need to impress anybody. So if someone asks, I tell them the truth. And I'm kind of the mindset that it's never going to become normalized unless people are smacked in the face with it every single day. There is still such a distinction between what what I personally call sex work light and then full service sex work. Do you think now with platforms, so things like OnlyFans has become so popular now and, you know, like every second person who comes off a reality show is on OnlyFans. Do you think that has helped that issue with sex work? Because now it's just so normal where you say everyone's like, yeah, I've got an OnlyFans. I think OnlyFans sort of actually skews the perception of what sex work is about. OnlyFans is kind of a fantasy of sex work. And I think a lot of people who get into OnlyFans expecting to like, have it be this super liberating experience like it was in Hustlers or, you know, Ham Girl or, or whatever movie that they're, you know, they're watching. I love those movies. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But they're not real depictions of sex work. Do you mind walking us through normal shift at work? So I'll get in at 3 p.m. I'll start doing my makeup. I'll finish up doing my makeup. We might have one walk-in, one intro during that time between me beginning my makeup and finishing it. So 4.30 will we'll come around. People will get off work and we'll have our first rush of the evening. And so a whole bunch of people will come in. We'll go through into these individual rooms one at a time. We'll give a little intro. My intros usually, I usually walk in and I go, Hi, my name is Maple. Have you been here before? And if they say yes, I say, oh, well, welcome back. And if they say no, I say, well, have you been to an establishment before? And if they say yes, I'm like, okay, great. And if they say no, I go ahead and I gesture to the prices on the wall that are with the times. And I say, well, these are the prices right here. Everything that's included in these prices for our location specifically is covered or will on yourself and full service. Plenty of girls do offer extras, similarly to like girlfriend experience or porn star experience. But anything that is not uh, included in the base service is going to be considered an extra. And usually they'll be like, okay, can I see your ass? And I'm like, you can see my ass when I leave, baby. But you definitely, you draw your lines. This is what I'm okay with. This is not what I'm okay with. And you talk about it in the room. Or at least I do, specifically. Because the last thing I want is for someone to be under the assumption that they're going to get something. And then, you know, book me and go into the room and start doing something. And they'll be like, oh, well, I thought I could do this. And I'm like, no, that's not okay with me. Yeah. How do you get past that? How do you get past, like, if there's a particular race or type of man that you're not sexually attracted to you have to have a really good reason like you have to be able to say something like i've seen him before and he didn't respect my boundaries he's my brother's friend so i'm not going to see him something like that like you have to have a, a really good reason 
do you have the freedom if a client wants to book you but you are just like god no they you know if for whatever reason they're not for you you can say actually no no I don't yeah yeah some women are able to talk to their managers and stuff and be like hey I don't want to see Indian clients just because they're Indian so they don't want to potentially see family members you know risk that or they've been just like disrespected by a whole bunch of Indian clients in the past and they just would rather because of social or like societal norms or whatever and they're like I just don't want to deal with it anymore okay not just a, I don't like the look of them yeah <laughs> in some places yes in the places that I work specifically no but you do not want to see an angry sex worker coming after you and we got the heels and we have a lot of repressed anger issues so like I'm not I'm not afraid because I don't have security like I know that the other girls in the establishment have my back can I ask a question money wise if you go to work for a night and no one picks you at all do you still get like an hourly wage or is it just like oh bad luck you don't earn any money you would make base rate. So you would make $20 an hour for every hour that you worked, which I think was like 260 or something at the end of the night. I only ever had to use that twice. It was two nights in a row. And then the second day that I used it, they removed the, they removed the retainer. So it's no longer a thing. You can make $0 news at my establishment again. And it's really frustrating. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today, Mabel. I know that went so quickly, honestly. Is there any sort of final things that you'd like to say or like to say to the world? Please respect sex workers for, you know, service we are providing. Tip your providers to, you know, at the beginning and then you'll have a really good time. And yeah, go follow me on TikTok. My TikTok is maple underscore wood. And the, the O's and wood are zeros. My Twitter is Miss Maple Brook. Let me just double check that. That's where I advertise. And um, my Instagram is, because I just changed it, which is why I'm having to Google it. Embarrassing. Is Miss Maple underscore wood with the O's and zeros. Perfect. I do the same every, literally every week with our Insta. I'm like, follow us on Insta. It's, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can never remember. So. It's been so nice to talk to you. Until the next episode, it's time to boot this baby home. I didn't know it was still recording.